today on Exposed. It looks like Tucker's interview with Putin, it's causing a real stir, especially among left-wing media. So what are they so afraid of? Um, today, we're going to delve into it. What an exciting interview this was. We're going to have to do it in two parts because there's so much there. So get ready. Here it comes. So Tucker shocked the left-wing media and the media elites when he announced he's going to have an interview with Putin. This is kind of like forbidden territory. You might remember every time Trump brought up the name Putin, they just attacked him. They called him every name in the book. Uh, basically, they said he was a puppet of Putin. Putin's puppet. I mean, and pretty much what's happening right now is the same thing. They're basically saying, well, Tucker's crazy, he's stupid, he's foolish, he doesn't understand what's going on. Putin was playing him like a string guitar or whatever. Uh, the point is this. What are we afraid of? Even our worst enemies, we should listen to what they have to say. Uh, the left has kept us in the dark far too long. So Tucker started this interview with this question. I'm going to read it to you. On February 22nd, 2022, you addressed your country in a nationwide address. When the conflict in Ukraine started, you said that you were acting because you've come to the conclusion that the United States, through NATO, might initiate a surprise attack on our country, speaking of Russia. And to American ears, that sound paranoid. Tell us why you believe the United States might strike Russia out of the blue. How did you conclude that? Here is Putin's response. On February 22nd, 2022, you addressed your country in a nationwide address when the conflict in Ukraine started. And you said that you were acting because you had come to the conclusion that the United States, through NATO, might initiate a, quote, surprise attack on our country. And to American ears, that sounds paranoid. Tell us why you believe the United States might strike Russia out of the blue. How did you conclude that? So Putin goes into this long 2,000 word plus explanation uh, that is not only historically correct and accurate, uh, but it was intelligible, well thought out. And uh, you could tell the one thing that hit me the most was um, the comparison between the old man in the White House and, and Putin, um, this guy laid out the history starting with, I mean, going all the way back to 800s and, and bringing up to the position of how and why the Ukraine war started. He was prepared and he was so prepared that what he did was he handed some documents to um, Carlton and said, look, uh, you could take these back with you. So we know that, you know, Putin had this all kind of planned out as to what he was going to do. But it, it did for sure draw a distinct contrast between Biden and Putin. So let's go on to this next clip and let's hear exactly 
what happens next. Here it is. So Romania and Hungary had some of their lands taken away and given to the Soviet Ukraine, and they still remain part of Ukraine. So in this sense, we have every reason to affirm that Ukraine is an artificial state that was shaped at Stalin's will. Do you believe Hungary has a right to take its land back from Ukraine and that other nations have a right to go back to their 1654 borders? <coughs> I'm not sure whether they should go back to the 1654 borders. But given Stalin's time, so-called Stalin's regime, which, as many claim, saw numerous violations of human rights and violations of the rights of other states, one may say that they could claim back those lands of theirs while having no right to do that. It is at least understandable. It's at least understandable. Now, if this guy was, you know, looking to take on uh, the world and kind of take over all of the countries around him, I mean, this was the perfect time to be able to say, well, you know, I think they have the right, or I think that, you know, we can go back to the, you know, 18, six, or 1684 borders. Uh, but he didn't say that. Um, so he was fairly reasonable in his response. And he realizes that, of course, this is going to be seen nationwide. Forces in opposition to you. So you're saying the CIA is trying to overthrow your government. Of course, they meant in that particular case, the separatists, the terrorists who fought with us in the Caucasus. That's who they called the opposition. So the CIA is looking to overthrow a government. Mm -hmm. Not really an impossibility from our position for where we are, uh, yet we don't look to hold anyone accountable uh, for such accusations like this. Now, we know the United States, we've been involved in other government overthrows in the past. We know that we've tried to change regimes in different countries. Uh, but obviously the deep state didn't want Tucker to talk with Putin because they were afraid that something was going to be revealed. And another reason why they're trying to keep Trump out of the White House is because all of their doings are going to be exposed in regard to Ukraine, because as we're going to see in a moment, Ukraine is like a uh, kind of a, a gumball machine of money to the West, to us. So let's go on to this next clip. Moreover, after was invited by Bush Jr.'s father, Bush Sr., to visit his place on the ocean, I had a very serious conversation with President Bush and his team. I proposed that the United States, Russia and Europe jointly create a missile defense system that we believe, if created unilaterally, threatens our security, despite the fact that the United States officially said that it was being created against missile threats from Iran. That was the justification for the deployment of the missile defense system. I suggested working together, Russia, the United States and Europe. They said it was very interesting. They asked me, are you serious? I said, absolutely. May I ask, what year was this? I don't remember. It is easy to find out on the internet when I was in the USA at the invitation of a Bush senior. 
It is even easier to learn from someone I'm going to tell you about. I was told it was very interesting. I said, just imagine if we could tackle such a global strategic security challenge together. The world will change. We'll probably have disputes, probably economic and even political ones, but we could drastically change the situation in the world. He says yes, and asks, are you serious? I said, of course. We need to think about it, I'm told. I said, go ahead, please. Then Secretary of Defense Gates, former director of CIA and Secretary of State Rice came in here, in this cabinet, right here at this table. They sat on this table. Me, the foreign minister, the Russian defense minister on that side. They said to me, yes, we have thought about it. We agree. I said, thank God, great, but with some exceptions. So twice you've described US presidents making decisions and then being undercut by their agency heads. So it sounds like you're describing a system that's not run by the people who are elected in your telling. That's right, that's right. In the end, they just told us to get lost. I'm not going to tell you the details because I think it's incorrect. After all, it was confidential conversation. But our proposal was declined, that's a fact. So this is a story we haven't heard before. I mean, at least I, I never heard anything about this. And of course, I've been following politics for, you know, years and years. Um, why did we decline Russia's proposal for really what would have been peace and there wouldn't have been any problems in Ukraine? Why did we decline it? What was going on there? Um, obviously, America had a different idea in mind. I wonder what that was. Uh, why I don't doubt that our United States leaders were involved in this is because our deep state is really involved in uh, warmongering. You know, there's a lot of money in war. Let's face it. It's all about the money. You, you follow something, you have to follow the money and where it goes. And uh, the, the deep state, for the most part, uh, are warmongers. They know that because kind of like, uh, you know, Never Nikki. Yeah, uh, she basically came out of the UN, broke, bankrupt, went to work for the war machine in general, uh, s some of the manufacturers, and uh, of course became wealthy in the meantime, and now is a proponent of going in and of course supplying Ukraine with as much uh, money and armaments as possible. And all this is is to make the rich richer. Uh, money's exchanging hands all the time. Now, this, this next clip opens up a huge question. A coup d'etat was committed, although I shall not delve into details now, as I find doing it inappropriate, the U.S. told us. Calm Yanukovych down, and we will calm the opposition. Let the situation unfold in the scenario of a political settlement. We said, all right, agreed, let's do it this way. As the Americans requested, Yanukovych did use neither the armed forces nor the police, yet the armed opposition committed a coup in Kiev. What is that supposed to mean? Who do you think you are? I wanted to ask the then US leadership. With the backing of whom? With the backing of CIA, of course. With the backing of the CIA. I mean, he comes right out. He comes right out and says it openly. Um, Yanukovych, 
uh, agreed to the proposal that the Russians and supposedly the United States, along with other nations, uh, came together. They, they, they agreed. You, the Minsk Accords and the CIA, they always seem to one, they always seem to be the ones uh, that are working behind the scenes in order to cause destabilization of countries. And of course, it's all for the benefit of the war machine. Surely it was political leadership's miscalculation. They should have seen what it would evolve into. So, in 2008, the doors of NATO were opened for Ukraine. In 2014, there was a coup, they started persecuting those who did not accept the coup, and it was indeed a coup. They created the threat to Crimea, which we had to take under our protection. They launched the war in Donbass in 2014 with the use of aircraft and artillery against civilians. This is when it all started. Wow. I, I, I mean, this is eye-opening and revealing. It, it, it started during the Obama administration, when, of course, Biden was the vice president. And Biden and his crime family was already at that time beginning to develop its tentacles into Ukraine because Ukraine was going to be the funnel in order to bring money back to the United States and all of their cronies here. So he talks about, Putin mentions this. He says that the doors of NATO were opened for Ukraine. Now, if there's one thing we know that would set Russia off, that would be bringing NATO closer to and closer to Ukraine or to Russia. Uh, we knew that that would be a problem. And yet we don't need NATO in Ukraine. They were willing to abide by the Minsk Accords, but instead he talks about what? A coup. He said it was a political miscalculation that the United States should have seen what this would evolve into. So he's making it very clear that the United States had intentions and it all started with the Obama administration. Let's watch this next clip. Surely it was political leadership's miscalculation. They should have seen what it would evolve into. So, in 2008, the doors of NATO were opened for Ukraine. In 2014, there was a coup. They started persecuting those who did not accept the coup. And it was indeed a coup. They created the threat to Crimea, which we had to take under our protection. They launched the war in Donbass in 2014 with the use of aircraft and artillery against civilians. This is when it all started. So he says it straight out. He says it straight out. What was the moment you decided that you had to act? And Vladimir Putin says it was the coup. It was the coup in Ukraine. See, they already had leadership picked out. Okay, they already knew what was going to happen. The United States, along with Britain and some of its allies, worked together to destroy that from the inside. They created a political coup so that the guy who's in there now, being a puppet of the United States, could be the one to control Ukraine. Um, obviously, the trigger for the coup was funded by Obama and his administration. They were looking to change leadership in Ukraine. Once again, everything Obama touched was destroyed.
And, and the only reason why Putin didn't go into Ukraine earlier is because Trump got into office in 2016. Because he was ready, Putin was ready to act right after the coup. So he waited and hoped that a weaker administration would come into power. And guess what happened? <laughs> we got a weaker administration. They came into power. What was the, so but that was eight years before the current conflict started. So what was the trigger for you? What was the moment where you decided you had to do this? Initially, it was the coup in Ukraine that provoked the conflict. They spent almost $5 billion, the United States. That's what Putin says. So he understood and saw what was going on from his position of leadership in Russia. And he said the CIA did its job completing the coup. See, Russia had already agreed, okay, to abide by the agreement that was set in place. And part of that agreement was that NATO would not expand into Ukraine at all. There, were no, there would be no NATO bases set up in Ukraine. And for decades, and of course we know this in the West because we've heard it time and time again, uh, for not just from Putin, but we, we heard it from those in the political uh, scene talking about the Minsk agreements and that Russia did not want NATO in Ukraine. So this is something everyone knew about. This wasn't something that was hidden from our eyes or hidden from anybody in the world. But the United States had to get its tentacles into Ukraine, and they did. Putin made it very clear. It tells me that the Minsk agreements and everything that was going on there was all a ruse to buy more time for the operatives of the United States, the CIA, to basically go in and set up the coup to take out the then leadership in Ukraine. It had to make room for a much more friendly administration to the United States and the United States plans. And, you know, in doing research on all of this, I found that Russia asked the United States and the European countries to implement the Minsk agreements. Think about this for a moment. Russia asked the United States and the European countries to set up the Minsk agreements. That sound like somebody who wanted to go to war? <laughs> of course not. It sounded like someone who wanted to have what he wanted, naturally. He still wanted to have some control of one portion uh, of the Ukraine area, but he was willing to come to peace and to come to terms. And it would have been a win-win for both sides, except for the United States, of course. Uh, we would not then be able to deal directly with the Ukraine leadership. And guess what? We send all this money over to Ukraine without any oversight. We have no idea where the money was spent. We have no idea who the money went to. We have no idea where any of it went. And even to this day, there's been no oversight and there's still no oversight on any monies that we do send there. So uh, this was purposeful. Here's our next clip. This is exciting, watch this. President Yanukovych agreed to all conditions. He was ready to hold an early election, which he had no chance of winning, frankly speaking. Everyone knew that. Then why the coup? Why the victims? Why threatening Crimea? Why launching an operation in Donbas? This I do not understand. 
That is exactly what the miscalculation is. CIA did its job to complete the coup. I think one of the deputy secretaries of state said that it cost a large sum of money, almost five billion. But the political mistake was colossal. Why would they have to do that? All this could have been done legally, without victims, without military action, without losing Crimea. We would have never considered to even lift a finger if it hadn't been for the bloody developments on Maidan. Because we agreed with the fact that after the collapse of the Soviet Union, our borders should be along the borders of former Union's republics. We agreed to that. But we never agreed to NATO's expansion and, moreover, we never agreed that Ukraine would be in NATO. We did not agree to NATO bases there without any discussion with us. For decades we kept asking, don't do this, don't do that. And what triggered the latest events? Firstly, the current Ukrainian leadership declared that it would not implement the Minsk agreements, which had been signed, as you know, after the events of 2014 in Minsk, where the plan of peaceful settlement in Donbas was set forth. But no, the current Ukrainian leadership, foreign minister, all other officials and then president himself said that they don't like anything about the Minsk agreements. In other words, they were not going to implement it. A year or a year and a half ago, former leaders of Germany and France said openly to the whole world that they indeed signed the Minsk agreements, but they never intended to implement them. They simply led us by the nose. So the truth is, Ukraine all the while that they were all the while that they were basically supposedly you know looking to work on an agreement okay ukraine was gearing up for war with money that the united states had already through obama had been sending to ukraine and again this all comes down to the accountability uh supposedly we were told by the obama administration that the uh, United States was helping Ukraine in order to be able to protect themselves in the future of anything and, and that uh, they didn't have any armaments and they didn't have this and they didn't have that. And it, it was all just a ruse. None of it was true. They were actually setting up for military action to take place and they knew it was coming soon. We gave them the funds to gear up militarily and then we egged on Russia by dangling the carrot in front of them and then basically taking it away. They told Russia, get lost. Can you imagine? After their idea to work on an agreement for peace, the United States coming in with, with uh, you know Europe and, and Britain and saying, oh yeah, definitely, it's a wonderful idea, and all the while working to undermine them. Does that sound right? Nobody wanted that. Everybody wanted to resolve the issue by military force only. But we could not let that happen. And the situation got to the point when the Ukrainian side announced, no, we will not do anything. They also started preparing for military action. It was they who started the war in 2014. Our goal is to stop this war. And we did not start this war in 2022. This is an attempt to stop it. Now, now you might remember this. I remember it vividly. I remember it clearly. Um, 
Russia had brought some of its troops to the border of Ukraine. You, you remember that. And a news media and everybody was getting, oh my God, what's going to happen? Well, the, the United States, okay, was at that moment going, ha, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. What they did was they said, Putin, listen, if you withdraw, if you back away your troops from Kiev, um, then we're going to get the agreement signed and everything is going to play out according to our agreement. <laughs> Remember what he said? That's right. He pulled back his, his troops from Kiev. Ukraine got the orders to gear up and start the war against Russia. And, and listen, we, we know this because if you, you see, the problem is most Americans, we watch the news, but we have a very short memory on what happens. But you will remember that it was Ukraine that struck first. Russia brought military to the border, absolutely. But Ukraine struck first. So this interview uh, shined the light on things that have been kept from us as we the people here in America. We're the ones that basically it's our money that goes to work for all of these things. And the Russians have been painted purposely as evil, looking to take over and control the world. And, and look, I, I'm not saying that we could trust everything Putin is saying. I'm, I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying that, you know, he doesn't lie like every other politician in the world. But I am saying that there's a lot here to question. Um, we painted him as a man crazy enough to use nuclear weapons. Did that guy sound like he's crazy enough to use nuclear rep weapons? Of course not. Not at all. Nothing in this interview would paint a picture of him wanting to use nuclear weapons. Like I said, I, I'm not ignorant, ignorant enough to believe everything he's saying to us. I know he has, as well, a hidden agenda and a plan. But I believe Russia is looking out, like any country, for its own interests. And uh, I don't see the establishment of a real evil empire here. In other words, I, I don't see it as Putin you know, looking to want to dominate and control the world, which is what the media is basically purporting to all of us today. And this brings me back to a friend of mine who started a ministry in Russia back in the early 90s. And I remember him very, very vividly, very clearly telling me that, you know, Russia was a beautiful country. Um, he went into Russia as an American, American citizen, uh, and started a Christian ministry there called Street Cry Ministry. Uh, very successful, bringing kids off the street and caring for them and, you know, training them and doing all the things that they could do. Many of them uh, have been living on the streets for a good part of their uh, lives as uh, children. And he, I remember my friend telling me, he said, uh, you know, the, the Ukrainian government has actually been helpful. And sure enough, a few years later, they actually helped them with a building and, you know, supplies and things like that. So would an evil empire be looking to do things like that? I don't know. In any case, there's a whole lot to take in here. And believe me, this is just like touching on the surface of what happened in this entire interview. And that's why we needed to break it up into a couple of parts, because um, there's so much more here. And with the election coming up in just a few short months, this is going to be extremely significant for the United States and for all of us. This is Mike Kahlo with Exposed, the Kalo podcast. God bless you and God bless America.